Welcome to the Lemper Report Live. Today, we discuss the lessons from the almost rail strike and the future. Is Circle K the new supermarket killer? An affordable allergen-free brand? Is the food court a dinosaur never to return again? And how a Generation Z digital marketplace is changing the market? Here's a reminder. Check out Food News Today on SupermarketGuru.com for the most up-to-the-minute news feed, courtesy of our partnership with Zizen. In fact, in the past couple hours, here's two stories. Number one, Fermanick has announced that dragon fruit is the 2023 flavor of the year. And also, really close to home, there's now an underground donut tour that launched in Santa Monica. So it's called the Underground Donut Tour. It's the world's best donut tour, or so they say. Um, it now has been running for seven years across the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Ireland, including Chicago, Philadelphia, New York City, Portland, Seattle, Boston, Nashville, Miami, New Orleans, London, Dublin, Las Vegas, Washington, D.C., Toronto, Vancouver. Um, and here's what's interesting to me. They're going to visit four donut shops here in Santa Monica. It costs 40 bucks to go to four donut stores, um, all within a three-block radius. We'll see. We'll see if that works. Um, also, this just in, um, the National Christmas Tree Association says the Christmas trees this year is going to be up 10%. The average Christmas tree last year sold for $70. And also, Instacart has decided to get into the Christmas tree business. Um, they're introducing, starting today, deliveries of live Christmas trees up to five foot tall um, to your home. And also, they'll actually trim the tree for you. And you can then um, have it leveled and exactly the way you want it, courtesy of Instacart. I guess they're searching for what else that they can do. Um, and also from course type, core site research. Um, this just came in in the past probably 15 minutes. Uh, their 2023 deep dive. Uh, they expect U.S. grocery sales to grow 3.9% year over year in 2023. That's compared to 8.3% in 2022. And also, they've got three themes to watch in 2023. Value and health-focused SKU expansions, opening of smaller format stores, much like we talked about last week right here, and M&A mergers that many mid-tier and smaller players will acquire or merge with other independent chains to boost their economies of scale, especially when we look at the Albertsons and um, Kroger deal. Uh, there's probably going to be about a thousand stores that are up for grabs, and we can expect both independents, Amazon Fresh, and my take is Instacart to get in on those. So check those all out, and it's time to get started. So Sally, let's talk about this rail strike that didn't happen. What's the impact here for food and beverages? Well, what we're talking about here, you know, we all kind of know what happened is that, you know, there was this, I think, I believe a 96 year old law that actually came into play here where Congress could get involved with um, settling this rail strike, which um, really, you know, adds up to it being very, very desperate measure, measures to be taken because, you know, we know that our, that President Biden has called himself a pro labor 
president. Um, so it was it was a situation where it was going to really, really affect people, um, affect our economy. And so the government stepped in. Um, now, what they did was they looked at these conditions that these rail strikers were complaining about. And I think that's what's really important of what we need to talk about is what their grievances were. And, you know, some uh, some of that was met in um, in Congress's mediation of the agreement and some of them were not. Um, but but what is important, I think, to look at here, and I love to hear your take on this, Phil, is how this translates to all of our industries, but particularly our food industry. When we think about the strikes that went place la went place on last year um, at some really big food companies like PepsiCo, Frito Lay, um, we need to think about what our workers need and are we taking care of them. We have a labor shortage already that we're dealing with. We need people to. Work Work. They, we need them to want to come to work. We need them to be happy about their jobs. So what can we as a food industry do to help make sure that we've got people packing those products and getting them ready to ship? And also, let's not forget at retail, uh, to have those those people who are working at retail be happy as well. And it's really a, a double-edged sword, because certainly um, that means increased costs, which gets passed on to the consumer with increased costs on our shelves that everybody is complaining about already. Uh, but also, I'm, I'm really concerned that what we need to do, um, and, and this uh, congressional law, I guess, has been played about five or six times since the 30s, uh, where the government has gotten involved and, you know, stopped a rail strike because rail is just so important. You know, I think it's time to reimagine the food industry, as we've talked about dozens of times before, that we can't have factories, you know, uh, far away from where the consumers are, far away from where the retailers are. And we really, whether it's trucks, whether it's um, rail cars, we really need to build factories closer to where consumers are. Um, again, you know, the local movement has really been focused on, you know, not only helping local farmers, uh, but also, you know, the fact that we get fresher foods. So maybe it's time to really rethink all of food and beverage uh, to be local. Um, we, you know, we averted this strike, but there could be another one on trains and we're back to the same problem. Um, so Circle K has decided that they're going to go after supermarkets with their food rocket delivery service. Uh, food Rocket now has over 7,000 SKUs, focuses on grocery and convenience products. They're being shipped from two micro fulfillment centers. Um, and also what's really interesting is 60% of all the orders that are being placed on Food Rocket are for fresh grocery and ready-to-eat meals. The order processing takes just two to three minutes. Delivery window is within 15 minutes. Um, and Sally, you were on Food Rocket earlier today. Tell us what you found. Yes, it's a very interesting, interesting setup. And when you and when you do look at what they are offering, Phil, it is mostly prepared foods. Um, I love this concept. I love that Circle K is getting involved. You know, even on their website on Food Rocket site, they have, you know, Christmas dinners you can get, Christmas sides if you want, or just a turkey. Um, 
but it's, it's broken down really nicely into categories. And what I also really found interesting about it is that they're offering subscription services on, on several different levels. Um, you know, it's depending on how many days you'd like your subscription to be for, and that, that determines the price. But what else I like about it is, is that each plan offers an opportunity um, to be a part of a charity. So for example, one of the options is give the gift of clean, safe water. One is fight for animals. And, and then another one is protecting children against abuse and neglect. Now, my only issue with this on the website is, is they don't really say, okay, we're giving this much of the profits to this organization. It's, it's really left very vague. So as a person participating in that, I would like to know. Yeah. And also the other thing that's interesting about the subscription and there's 14 day subscriptions and 30 day subscriptions, mm-hmm. um, you get bonuses. So mm-hmm. if, um, I'm looking at the fight for all animals with the Humane Society. You get 10 percent off all groceries. You get 50 percent off new Rocket Cafe, fresh pastries and desserts. You get a free cup of coffee with every order above twenty five dollars. Um, so they're really smart about it. Um, I question the whole idea of 14 days and 30 days versus having an annual subscription. And I would expect that if this is successful, they'll move it to an annual fee, you know, probably $99 the way everybody else does it. Uh, but to be able to get, you know, 10% off, 50% off, that's a sizable savings. And I think it's really a smart idea. Um, let's talk about Voyage Foods, um, how they're they're changing the way we think about healthier and alternative foods. Yeah, so Voyage Foods is a company that um, that's really interesting because their model is very different um, than some other things that we've seen out there. And what, what they are is they're a company that makes products. They make a peanut-free peanut butter spread, a cocoa-free chocolate, and a coffee-free coffee. Now, these are products they've chosen to make because they are wild, wide, widely popular uh, globally, and um, they also contain a common allergen. So they're making an allergen-free food available to um, people uh, worldwide. Um, And what their goal is, is to make this for everyone to be able to afford. So, I mean, the the CEO is going so far as to say, this food is not for rich white people, and which is very bold, but, but really smart, I think, you know, like looking at, you know, let's provide something for everyone that can, they can afford. But what else they're doing that is really interesting to me is they are taking more of a B2B focus and they're offering these ingredients that they have created that taste like peanuts, but isn't peanuts. They're offering these ingredients to other CPGs, working with them and helping them source cheaper ingredients to make something allergen free and taste like something that that person wants in their products. Yeah, it's a really smart idea. No question about it. And one of the examples that he gives is working with an ice cream company where you could have, you know, a peanut butter swirl in an allergy free, peanut free ice cream mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to do that. So really smart idea. Um, we've talked a lot about food courts um, in shopping centers that they're dying Um and and there's a story in Forbes um, that Walter Loeb, a uh, very smart guy, um, has written that he talks about why 
Um, shopping malls, frankly, are not doing that well when it comes to their food courts. Um, he talks about Mr. Beast. We've talked about that, you know, a couple months ago. But also what he says, and I totally disagree with this, is the way to get the food courts back is going to have white tablecloth restaurants, uh, famous name chefs, more refined restaurants um, that will attract a wealthier and more upscale group of guests in a shopping mall. I totally disagree. I don't think that that's the situation. Would you go to your you know, local shopping mall to have a fancy dinner? I don't think so, Phil. And I'll tell you what the main deterrent would be for me is um, even if they have valet parking, the mall has a massive influx of cars in and out. And if I'm going for a high-end dining experience, I don't want to deal with traffic like that. But I would say what is interesting about this concept to me is I think about my tween son who now really likes to go to the mall. And so I take him to the mall and I see a lot of other tweens there. That's one thing they really like to do in teenagers. They like to go and walk around the mall with their friends. And so I'm thinking more like a bistro style cafe where parents can hang out and let their kids, you know, wander the mall and shop with their friends because they don't want their parents hanging around when they're right. doing that. <laughs> and they're old enough to do that when they're 12 um, at most malls. So, you know, I'm thinking more of a bistro coffee cafe, have a little wine, have a little small plate snack while you wait for your, your kids to shop. Yeah, I think that's a much smarter, much better idea. And also, let's not forget that as the malls are dying, supermarkets are adding more food courts to supermarkets, Kroger in particular, and they're doing really well. Um, and also the current food court, I think one of the reasons that it's not doing well is it's disgusting. It's filthy. I mean, the you can't move the chairs. They're bolted into the ground. It's not a comfortable experience. So let's not forget why it's not working. It's not only that there's less people going to malls, but that whole food court experience isn't nearly as good as what it should be. Uh, Claire Spackman uh, has created a new company. Um, it's called Consumer House, which is a fully curated online market looking to become a central grocery shopping hub for Generation Z. And what she's doing, which is really smart, she's personally now this is going to launch on January 3rd. Um, she's personally writing the story of all the brands um, that she has. I think she's got about 700 products from 100 different brands, uh, food, beverage products, health and wellness goods, pet supplies, and personal care items. And she's saying that basically Generation Z wants a more in-depth shopping experience online. Uh, they want to know the, the nitty-gritty of the startup story for each brand that Generation Z, and she's a Generation Zer, uh, tends to gravitate towards while they're shopping. Um, what do you think? Is, is this a format that could work? 
I think that this is so smart and I'm, I'm 100% on board for a lot of the things that she is talking about that she's doing with this company. One thing that I really love is that she's writing um, each brand that they, um, that they take on as a partner. She is writing their brand story herself and um, they are featuring, they're doing an Instagram series where they're doing what they call um, founder features, where they actually have the founders of these companies in a video talking about how they found the, the company, how they created this product, um, where their idea came from. And I think it is really, really in touch with this Gen Z um, age demographic. And, you know, they're, they're going to be turning, I think this age demographic is going to be turning 26, 27 years old in the next year. So when we think Gen Z, we think, oh, they're so young, but they're actually, they're almost 30 and they have money to buy things. They have jobs now, they're out of college. Um, so this is, this is a very interesting concept to me. And I wanted to share one quick example with you, Phil, that I thought of with this is I thought about my son who is Gen Z and this weekend he came to me and asked me about buying a band t-shirt. And he said, you know, mom, the band t-shirt that I like is on their website being sold by the band, but it's also being sold on Amazon. And he said, I don't want you to buy it on Amazon. I want you to buy it from the band because I've read about the band. I know their story. And I wanna make sure that all this money that on this t-shirt goes to the band and not Amazon. And to me, that was a great example of this generation and how much they care about the people that they're buying from. I agree. And, you know, a brick and mortar example of, of this is Air One here in Southern California um, that's doing the same thing um, as as this, um, as Claire is, is trying to do. And I think that it's really smart. And I do think not only Generation Z, but all generations, you know, really want a smarter, better shopping experience. Uh, so look, for Consumer House. Um, it's going to launch in January, and we're going to keep um, an eye on it to make sure we understand everything that's going on there and how we in the food industry can learn from these entrepreneurs that are really you know, paving a whole new way of retail and, and how you sell food and beverages and building that relationship with the shopper. So on Modern Chopper this week, I spoke with the founder and CEO of Y Food. And Y Food is on a mission to drive innovation in the food industry using tech to solve global food issues that affect us all. Uh, Nadia is brilliant. She's great. And here, take a look at what she has to say. So I've got to put you on the spot here. Are these health campaigns from retailers just a marketing tagline? Do retailers actually care about making their shoppers healthier? I, yeah, I mean, I think in the U. Honestly, I think in the U.S. we're seeing a lot more um, movement from the U.S. retailers to at least try and align themselves with health campaigns or agendas. Um, in the U.K., we're still super far behind on all of this stuff, and we're not even doing it as a marketing gimmick. It's barely something that's even being recognised at the moment. And I think there's a lot more work and opportunity. For these big organizations to take you know responsibility for what we're eating i think there is an opportunity for the entire food and drink industry to take some form of responsibility for what we're eating and i think it fundamentally starts with information and transparency and understanding of what we're eating and the impact that that has on me personally and how we might go about trying to make better decisions 
um, and how we might be able to influence that. And of course, technology and the technologies that are now currently available to support big industry players to make these types of moves in the way they're communicating their food messages is available. So yeah, I would like to see and would expect to see a lot more happening within this space over the next few years. On today's bullseye, we take a look back. Back in the day, having an engraved business card was a sign of success. Then came the Amex Black Card. Then the 80s hit with Cristal, Champagne, Absolute Vodka, Porsches, and designer everything. All these became showy signs of status, not necessarily success, but status. Fast forward to today, and I have to wonder if the newest promotion from one of the world's largest fast food chains is going to spawn a status revolution for today's equivalent of the yuppie. McDonald's has created the McDonald's Gold Card. It's not a credit card that you can apply for. Some, like Warren Buffett, Rob Lowe, and Bill Gates, have had it bestowed upon them for loyalty. Until now, it's a perk reserved and paid for by local franchisee owners that have rewarded local heroes, celebrities, and influencers. Most of the time, it limits the holder to eat free at the franchisee's restaurants, often for life, sometimes in the case of Rob Lowe, for one year. In rare cases, founder Ray Kroc informally gave lifetime BR guest cards, which were actually pink, to the likes of George Romney. Not sure why Warren Buffett needs one. I think he can afford his own Big Macs, but whatever. It's certainly a sign of status. So McDonald's marketing folks took a look and said, if Willy Wonka can do it, so can we. I made up that quote. But it's a smart idea, even if it's not an original one. And I don't expect a movie to be made about McDonald's and their newest promotion. It's giving away three McDonald's gold cards. Each winner also gets three more gold cards that they can gift to friends and relatives. Hey, if you need my address, winners, just text me. So these 12 gold cards give the winners free McDonald's meals up to $10 each twice a week for life or 50 years, whichever comes first. Seriously, McDonald's? Have to limit to 50 years? That's a move that just makes you look cheap. Just say for life and leave it at that, please. I'm not sure how much food a 20-year-old is going to eat at McDonald's when they're 81 anyway. So starting today, December 5th, and running through Christmas Day, just download their app and enroll in the My McDonald's Rewards Program. All you must do is make one purchase during that time, and you're automatically entered. McDonald's puts a value at the card at almost $300,000 over the 50 years. This is a smart concept, and if they promote it and advertise it correctly, can do wonders for the McDonald's brand. Expect to see others, and not just fast food joints, jump on this idea. Hey, supermarket CEOs, how about you? Why not offer a gold card for your supermarket and offer shoppers free groceries for life? Just offer one card and maybe make it an annual promotion. In this era where shoppers are seeing supermarkets as the bad guy, even though it's not true, by raising prices, this gold card promotion could be a great way to build loyalty and reward one lucky shopper. It's not going to cost all that much in the scheme of things, but the value of such a promotion could be a pot of gold.
Thanks for joining us on Lemper Report Live. Don't forget to visit supermarketguru.com, sign up for our newsletter, and don't forget all our archives are right there from previous Lemper Report Lives. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week, same time.